This is an exclusive presentation of WoWo 1190 AM and 1075 FM, Unholstered. We are back. It's another edition of Unholstered. Welcome on in. I am just one of your hosts. My name is Kayla Blakesley. And if this is the very first time you've ever tuned into Unholstered, I actually host a radio program in Fort Wayne, Indiana, Monday through Friday, and I get to host this program on the weekends with my co-host, Sophia. Good morning, everyone. My name is Sophia Rosales-Catina. I'm a captain with the Fort Wayne Police Department, and welcome to the show. Unholstered is pretty much all about the local media, a.k.a. me, uh, teaming up with the local police department, a.k.a. Sophia, to share and tell and talk about all of the stories that often don't get told when it comes to law enforcement. And no topic is off limits. If you've ever missed an episode of Unholstered or you want to check out some of the other topics that we have touched on, a lot of them can get a little bit dicey, if you know what I mean. Um, you <laughs> just can, a little bit. Just a little bit. You can download any uh, previous Unholstered shows uh, anywhere you can download podcasts. With that, Sophia, you are always the person in charge of booking our guests. I'm really excited about today's guest because when we started this whole show, I said, yeah, I want to talk about drones. I want to talk about drones. I want to talk about drones. And today that is the guest you brought in for us, right? To talk about drones. Right. Finally, we have um, a representative from our drone unit. Um, Air support unit is what is called ASU. And this is kind of a newer team. It's been um, kind of brought up um, in the past few years. And it's really, really gotten pinpointed to a great team that's received national recognition. Um, our drone operators are top-notch. They are incredible uh, people. And again, this is a part-time team. The guest here today is a full-time officer for the team because there's a lot of logistics that go around with operating a team like this. But everybody else on the team is um, above and beyond their regular so duties, this is like just like everything, everything else. else. We, we yeah. always talk about, whether it's the HEART program or the SWAT team, this is above and beyond their, their normal call, if you will, of duty. Yeah, they're on a call-out basis like all our other teams, and they're just dedicated officers because this is the team that is utilized the most. They are called out for almost everything that we do, and rightly so. I mean, this is a amazing technology, and I'm going to um, let uh, Officer Roland introduce himself and tell you a little bit more about that technology. That's your cue, Matt. (laughs) Uh, I'm Matt Rowland, and I've been on the police department for almost 17 years. The air support unit was developed as a part of the negotiations team in 2017, and I've been a part of that since it started. Uh, I actually worked with Sophia on that team. And so since then, we've rolled out and kind of split and become our own thing. And then in April of last year, I was assigned full-time to the unit. I have so many questions. I don't even know where to start. Um, But I guess let's start back to why was this implemented in Fort Wayne? So originally it was developed as to provide overwatch for barricade situations. Hmm. That was was how we started originally. Um, And then there was two of us that came from the negotiations team and then two other that came that were pilots on the police department. And that kind of formed the original team. But when it was official, then we added a fifth member and we added... Um, another sergeant to the how many, team. How many members are there on the team? So now we're up to nine members. Is there a goal to have like 12 or 20 or? Uh, the goals kind of change because of what we're doing and how we've kind of expanded as a team and gone from just doing those barricades to now we're mapping fatal crash scenes. We're mapping outdoor crime scenes. We're doing a, obviously the overwatch for the barricades. Um, we look for missing people. Um, if it's uh, an older person that you know has dementia or something like that that gets out of the house and wanders around we come out and we help search for that 
missing kids is another one. If you have a child that's missing, uh, we're usually a part of that page that goes out when there's a, a child that's missing. Um, we do uh, many, many other things as far as uh, we do a lot of PR. It sounds like you might have the coolest job uh, <laughs> with the Fort Wayne Police it, Department. It's a, it's, a, it's a good job. I'm, I'm blessed to have it. Well, I'll say this. I mean, if you think about it, when you're providing coverage 24-7, 365, and only nine people doing yeah. that, that's a lot of hours. And I expected there to be more members, to be honest. <laughs> it, you're right. And it's just a lot of coverage, and they do so much. And, you know, I hear a lot of people talk about Big Brother and too much technology and things like that, but I always hearken it down to... To, if this was your loved one missing, who, who, and how fast would you want out there? It's important um, that we have the equipment necessary. I say we. It's better to have too much than too little. Mm -hmm. And right now, we're focusing on providing this area the best police protection and the best search and rescue that we can. And these are people that are ready all the time. I mean, we have twenty-four hour coverage between the nine members, so they each work, work different shifts. So they always provide coverage at any time. They can get those drones up and in the air within five to 10 minutes. That time is crucial. We cannot get a search party together in that amount of time. There's no way. So getting um, airborne unit up and out to find and, and locate people or contain an area or give us eyes on something is crucial for us. That big brother mentality was actually something uh, that I wanted to touch on as well, because that's when you hear drones, which by the way, air support unit is, is like a fancy word for drone, right? Right. Okay. Okay. Correct. I'm going to use the word drone because I think it's cool. But, you know, when you're talking about drones, a lot of times you hear that the criticism comes in of big brother or this is too powerful. No one should have that power. And I w wanted to get from you, Officer Roland your thoughts and your response to uh, this being too much power or, or big brother, if you will. So what you have to remember is, is that we aren't there unless there's a police, unless the police are there right. or the police are coming. We're not. Say that out. again for the people in the back. <laughs> we're, we're, we're not there unless the police are already going to be there. Yeah. So that's the, and that's what we're doing. We support other air support units, supports other parts of the department, including the uniform division. So we're not on a missing kid unless uniforms already there looking for a missing kid we're not on a barricade or flying over someone's house watching over that unless the SWAT team's there and all that's covered under the exigent circumstances and and those type of laws and things that protect your privacy we're not out just randomly flying around looking to see someone right. doing something on their own property are, are the drones automatically deployed uh, when the SWAT team's deployed so we get paged out with them and then we fly the overwatch when once everyone gets there we we put a drone up and then we provide the overwatch and then that video goes back to our commanders who can see uh the layout of the house and the residents and how they want to do you mentioned uh that some of the things that you uh, do with these drones uh obviously missing persons which i think is huge sophia you brought up a good point when it comes to this kind of technology uh, especially when it comes to missing kiddos but you also mentioned you do mapping of crime scenes and traffic accidents what does that mean so we we come out and we take photos of let's just say a crash scene and that gives you real-time photos of that crash scene and it's anywhere from probably 150 to 400 photos then we put that into a computer program, and then that computer program creates a model of that actual crime scene as if you were there, but it's in pictures. And it's also measurable 
uh, up to 0.02 to 0.04 inches. Wow. So you can actually go onto the computer, into the computer program and measure from that diagram that you made with pictures. That's crazy. Yeah, this is what people have come to expect from police departments. And this is, I, again, I'll liken it back to like Hollywood shows and Hollywood movies. People have come to expect because CSI has this yeah. amazing technology. Now they expect that in the courtroom. They expect us to not be using stick figures and, you know, little stick houses to, to diagram things. They want to see actual, you know, 3D uh, compositions of areas, crime scenes, things like that, crash scenes. And we're trying to give that. And That's why funding is so important, you know? Just going to throw that out there. It is. It is always very important. And, you know, seizure funds, you know, go to buy equipment that we need to keep this community safe, to keep our officers safe so we can continue keeping this community safe. So it kind of, you, you can't get mad because you expect this, and then when we get it, you get mad that we have it. So it's one of those things where we, we're still bound by the Constitution. We're still bound by you know, uh, unreasonable search, unreasonable seizure. I don't want people to get ahead of themselves and think that there's some kind of master plan here that, that Officer Roland's going to go out into your backyard and see what, you know, what kind of plants you have growing in your garden. We don't have time for that. Yeah. We just do not have time for that. And if, if we do something like that, then certainly I would be the first one to shout from the top of the roofs, stop. Um, so, I, and I think most of our officers are really conscious of those kinds of things. Officer Roland, you are a patrol officer with the air support unit. And I said it earlier, I said you might have the coolest job ever. Uh, can you walk us through a, a typical day on the job uh, for us? <laughs> it, there's not typical days. I mean, there are, not. but there aren't. Uh, <laughs> every day can be different. Um, there's a lot of admin and uh, I a lot of times I'll say that I fly a desk now. Uh, <laughs> I a lot like of that. computer stuff. Right now we're working on our statistics from 2021 and putting together our report on last year. Uh, I know the chief was in here talking about stuff from last year, and every unit does the same thing. We all have a, you know, we all have to do that. Um, and then um, uh, halfway through the day yesterday, we got called out because there was a fatal crash. Mm. And we went out and we mapped that. Uh, and took a bunch of pictures of it. And then later today, when we go back to the office, we'll put that into the program and process it. So so let's say you're called out to the, this crash scene. You physically go out there and you have these drones or one drone, multiple drones. And are you, I mean, using, I, I mean I'm imagining like a video game remote <laughs> controller or, you know, a computer. I, I mean, I mean how, you know what I mean? Paint it's, that picture it's a remote controller, sure. Um, we use a tablet, like an iPad, and we that tablet connects to the controller. Um, we lay out what we call ground control points, which are, so the drone has GPS, I don't want to get too crazy technical here, but <laughs> the drone has GPS, but it's not as good as if you mark a point on the ground, and then we use a surveyor's pole. Oh, no So kidding. we direct connect to the Indiana data plane for surveying, and then that's what ties into the program to get you that accurate measurement that you can measure off of. That's blowing my mind. Right. It's amazing. I mean, there's so much technology no out there that we use that helps us, and it helps the public, because if... If these turns into turns some kind of litigation for a family, they're going to want these exact measurements, and they're going to prove crucial to whatever the case may be, and especially if we're talking a criminal trial as well. Here's the thing about technology, though. As we all know, we can run into lots of issues with technology. Yeah. Does that happen a uh, lot? Actually, yesterday it did, and we had a piece of uh, equipment that didn't want to work properly, so we had to call someone else that had one, and they brought it to us. 
and so it extended the scene a little bit. Um, in reality, though, we are almost half the time now for mapping crashes from what we used to do with a crash reconstruction. We keep the road closed. It's I, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but my guess is it's it's nearly half the amount of time the road's closed as oh, it wow. used to be. That's incredible. Because yeah. of how much faster this technology when it works. It's, and it works most of the time. It We had one thing yesterday that was... That doesn't happen very often. Those prove crucial when we're trying to, you know, go from point A to point B, especially when you're talking interstates. We'll go out and we'll do the interstates too. But those are crucial to for commerce to be getting through. You know, these truckers are on time schedules and we all get upset when, you know, grocery stocks yes, shelves aren't stocked and things like that. But sometimes and especially as we get into inclement weather and the weather winter here, these trucks are being slowed down by these crashes on the road in in West in Virginia, right? Yep. They were on 24 hours that road was shut down, not because of crash, because of weather, but the same thing could happen with a crash because they have to investigate those. So when someone makes the call to bring in the air support unit, who actually makes that call? Uh, it can be actually, it's, it's different with different things. So we get paged out every time that there's a crash when the fact team or the reconstruction team's going to be paged out. That's made by a sergeant. Um, so when it's decided that, that they're going, we're going with them. Uh, on a crime scene, it's up to the crime scene folks that are there. Uh, if it's an outdoor scene, for us to come and map it. We've been getting paged by the sergeants when it comes for the missing kids as part of the policies and procedures that they do when they start letting people know that they have a child that's missing. Um, and then, of course, if there's a SWAT call out, we get paged, and it's whatever command person made that decision for that. On that note, do you work with other, you know, uh, first responders, other departments? Let, let's say, let's say the Fort Wayne Fire Department. Do you work with other organizations like that? Actually, we work hand in hand with Fort Wayne Fire. Okay. Uh, the arson guys that are on their department actually fly with us, and we fly with them. When we first started putting this all together, we weren't quite sure how it was all going to work out with arson because. You know, they wanted a drone because they have thermal and you think of fires and yeah. heat and that kind of thing. And what we've actually found is, is that when we're on a scene, we sometimes could use the extra manpower because there's always an arson guy working or gal. Um, so when they come to the scene to assist us, then what we found is that when they have a fire, they're usually working on investigating that fire and trying to figure out what caused it and not necessarily needing to fly. So they'll call us hmm. to come help them. So it works out really well. And it really helps them as well. I mean, things that they're doing, it helps them locate people quicker. Sometimes, you know, if you're using thermal imaging and they may not be in the heart of the fire, but they may be around or on the outside, locate people outside of the fire, small children who haven't made it to the rally point or safety point, or we don't know where they are, find them quickly that way, especially with the thermal. And sometimes it's where the fire is too in the building. Um, oh. I assisted on a commercial structure fire last, I don't know when it was, but the because it was a metal roof, you couldn't see exactly where the fire was. So we were using the drones to try to figure out what parts of the roof were hotter. Okay, Sophia, I know we always say it's not like the movies, but this <laughs> seriously sounds, sounds like it is the movies. It's pretty cool when you think about it. And, you know, as Matt said, this this whole program started when back in the negotiator days. And we had all had to go out to Sweetwater Aviation and get pilot certified ground school yeah oh my god that was awful well, i'm glad you brought that up i was actually going to ask how does one go through the certification it is process? way too much math i mean, it's terrible <laughs> so terrible. i take it you are not a drone uh, i am not no pilot? no i would operator? never i could never be a pilot do you, too much do you refer to yourselves as pilots or operators or what, what, what uh, we're, we're drone pilots, drone pilots. Um, okay 
just usually say I work. I'm on ASU. Their support unit. So, well, Sophia but will we never are, be a drone. I will pilot. never be a drone pilot. I'll never be a pilot. Period. <laughs> I, uh, I'm not good at math either, so I'll yeah. be right there with you, Sophia. But talk me through that process. Let's say someone's like you. They're a patrol officer, and they're like, "Hey, I want to join the air support unit." So much to Sophia's dismay of ground school. Actually, you don't have to do ground school to become that. When that happened, that was in 2015. The FAA didn't really have a full layout of what they wanted to do for drone pilots till 16 or 17. So that was kind of the lieutenant that was in charge of the negotiation team who had the, the forethought to do this. He, what we weren't sure what direction to go. So he was trying to figure out. So he had everybody go to ground school. And then as things kind of came out from the FAA and things developed, now they have a test that you take that's got about a five to 10 hour study time. And, and you have to study for it. Yeah. I mean, it's re it really was kind of new territory. Yeah, We were was. all back embarking then. on. Yes. Yeah, back, I mean, in 2015. I mean, think about it. I would have never even imagined. Did you ever uh, crash a drone then, Sophia? Uh, no, I never I never got behind <laughs> anything like that. I'm terrible with video games. I mean, like, I die, like, in the first three seconds. <laughs> yeah, I'm right so. there. I'm bad at video games. Bad at math, bad at video yeah, games. Not my thing. So if someone did want to get certified, it's not... It's not so the FAA Part 107 but. test is is anyone anyone that can anyone that wants to can take the test and get that and they require that if you're going to do any commercial work so if you're going to fly mm. a drone and you're going to get paid for okay. it then you have to have that license you can be a recreational or a hobbyist and not have to have that license and still fly a drone but for us just based on the things that we've decided as a, the department and the unit we are all Part 107 pilots are there a lot of other law enforcement departments that do what we do and use this technology? Um, it's kind of a different realm across the country. There are a ton of drone programs now across the country. And when you start, I've, I've talked to a lot of those folks um, on a, quite a regular basis. There's a few people I talk to. And a lot of them started about the same time we did in 2017. And we're trying to figure out, you know, part 107. Then there's this whole other thing called a COA, which is through the FAA. And I mean, we can get real technical mm -hmm. and all that, but those departments have tried to develop their programs. Um, we've been working recently with Indianapolis PD and helped them with a couple of operations. Oh, cool. And we also, uh, I've spoken with some of the other smaller towns that are around us and agencies, um, and several of them have come and trained with us too during our training day. Um, and then a bunch of us are going down and doing some training later this month in Indy, they're, they're hosting one down there, so we're going to go down there and not just train with them, but it'll give us a chance to network with them as well. So it sounds like the Fort Wayne Police Department kind of really leading a big portion of the way when it comes to the air support unit. We, we've been very forward thinking, and that's a great credit to Lieutenant John Bowers, who helped start the team, and then Sergeant Brat Mueller, who's in charge of it now. Um, the commanders have been forward thinking, and then the chief has been very forward thinking, and he's been very supportive of us not just Chief Reed, but also um, Chief Marty Bender. Mm -hmm. He's the special ops chief, and so he's been very, very, very supportive of us as well. Kind of on that note, Sophia, you said it uh, when we started out the show. You said that the air support unit here in Fort Wayne has received national recognition. Can we talk about that? What What are we talking about here? What, what was this national recognition? Well, I think it's that goes hand in hand with what they're going to be doing in Indianapolis. Um, you know, there's a big... Uh, tournament starting uh it was last night it was, okay, it was, it was this last... past weekend oh wow the the college football championship we helped with a part of that and we're asked to be with some of our no kidding yeah 
Yeah. So we in had terms guys of like, down there. as like a security detail kind of, or how, like how am I even allowed to ask? I guess I don't know what you uh, can share or not. We helped with making sure people were safe. Yeah, let's put it that way. That's a, that's a nice political way to put it there. Yeah, but you know, the, but it's it just kudos to us for yeah. being asked to even do that. I mean, they could have picked anybody around the nation to do that because this is like a national national game, right? Yeah. So they could have picked anyone uh, to do it, but they chose Fort Wayne. So. I say it almost every week. I had no idea <laughs> that we have this here in Fort Wayne, this kind of technology. It's absolutely amazing. I'm curious to you, for you, Officer Roland. I mean, like I said, you're a patrol officer and you've been serving at the Fort Wayne Police Department for quite some time. What made you wake up and say, you know what? I want to be on the air support unit. Well, we were putting it together and I like technology and I like new, new forward thinking things and and this this has given me the opportunity. I, in 2017, five years ago, when we were putting this together, I would have never dreamed we'd be where we were today. And so it's, I mean, it's grown by leaps and bounds. And, you know, we went from those initial four guys that did that initial training to adding, you know, two more people right away and then expounding into a nine-person team. And we're going to be, I believe, adding a tenth Um in another couple of months. And then we're looking at doing some, I know you talked to the chief about drone first mm -hmm. responder. Mm -hmm. So that's that's on the, the docket for this year just to start trying to implement that program on a smaller scale, not city Can you elaborate a little bit on that program for folks who might've missed that episode? <clears throat> so I knew this question was probably gonna come <laughs> up. <laughs> uh, drone first responder is basically sending drones out ahead of the police officers that are responding to a run. The drone gets there, provides the overhead watch, and gives more information to those police officers that are arriving on scene. It's based on a program that was pretty much invented by Chula Vista, California, and they are the ones that will basically put this all together. They currently have a four drone set up, and they cover their entire city. Now, they have as many people as we do, but they are half the size and geography that we are. So they're outside of San Diego, so it's Southern California, it's a lot of people in a smaller area. Yeah, yeah. So with four drones, they can cover pretty much their whole city. So they're, what they found is that the drones are there about in half the time of the officers. And so it's a couple, three minutes that they can provide that overwatch on runs and the officers can see what's actually going on. You know, do we have a vehicle description? Is that the right vehicle? Is it the right direction? Um, a lot, there's a lot of, communication with dispatchers and the public as far as getting information out mm -hmm. and so the drone can help make sure that we narrow down where the scene is and then say you've got somebody with a gun if the drone gets there first and the drone says it finds somebody with a gun then you can pinpoint exactly where that person is in regards to the geography of the area one of Trula Vista's biggest wins was they had a guy sitting at a picnic table and he was looked like he was waving a gun around and the drone gets there focuses on the guy and then he uses the gun to light a cigarette. So it was just a lighter. Huh. Now, tactics come into play. Yeah. So you still have you still have all that, but knowing that information ahead of time before you get there gives you a lot more better idea of what you're up against and it's safer for the officers and safer for the public. On that note, Sophia, what were you sharing with me? Oh, we were talking about doing this episode and you said you said you're always our stat gal. And yeah. You said something staggering too about police ambushes. Yeah, so I was gonna kind of 
return to that. And, and this is why that getting those eyes on the scene so quickly is so important. In 2021, from 2020, ambushes on police officers were up 115 percent. 115 percent. So having eyes quickly to assess a situation is going to be crucial to our safety. Um, because if we go down, who's going to then stop that threat? from going into your house, right. going into your neighborhood. So if we can get eyes on that and we can see what exactly is going on, because sometimes people's information is just not reliable. People get excited. They they say wrong things. They they assume things uh, just because, you know, they're excited. Um, just like that, it, it, it's a gun, but it might have been a cell phone. You know, we, if we can get eyes there to see the situation, to see what we have going on before anybody gets there and we can relay that information back, it's just going to help everyone be a little bit more safe and help our officers, you know, stay safe in those scenes. We only have like two minutes left, but really quick, am I allowed to ask or, or know how many drones the Fort Wayne Police Department has? So the inventory of drones that we have is 25 or 30. Okay. Um, every officer... That's more than I actually thought you were going to say. <laughs> every officer that's on the team has a drone in their car. Um, you have at, one with you right now, and you didn't bring it in uh, studio? Uh, that's correct. <laughs> oh, man! <laughs> uh, so we all have a drone in our car. Um, and as uh, Sophia said, we are on call 24-7. We have one person that's on call that dispatch can page if nobody's working the street. Um, and every person has a drone with them, so the response time is a lot faster. Um, and then we have a couple of larger drones to cover, you know, a larger scale area with some better cameras. Okay. We've got some indoor drones now that we are using with the SWAT team uh, to be able to clear houses and, and clear areas to keep officers safe. Um, we just gotten a couple more drones that are that are going to help us with better mapping. The drones have better cameras on them. Um, so we have. Yeah, I, I don't know the exact number, but it's around 25 to 30. I started uh, the show by saying, I think you have the coolest job ever. And I'm going to end the show by saying, I think you have the coolest <laughs> job ever. Uh, Matt, it's been my pleasure getting to know you and getting to know what you do. Sophia, do we know what's in store for us next week? We do. Um, but before I get to that, I just want to say, if you're looking for stats on any of our programs, you can go to fwpd.org and you can go to our annual report. Uh, 2021's annual report will be out in about a month and a half. Um, also, you can follow the ASU unit on Instagram. It's fwpdasu. Uh, follow them there. And if you'd like to request for one of your groups a presentation by our ASU group, you can also do that on our website, fwpd.org, and ha have an officer at your event. It's on the right hand of the click down page for looking for that but next week we're going to bring in a community person we're going to talk about suicide prevention and we're going to talk about the lost team that we're looking to format here and we're going to get a little bit more insight about um, exactly what that all entails yeah i knew we we're going to be doing that in 2022 so i'm anxious to hear about that as well if you've missed any previous episodes of unholstered don't forget you can download them anywhere you can download a podcast this is your town your team your topics this is unholstered Thanks for listening to Unholstered. Be sure to subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen. And remember, you can listen every Saturday morning at 1030 on WoWo 1190 and 107.5 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media.